Thanks for tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Well, happy Father's Day to you. Hopefully all you men received your uh, very cool, amazing flashlight pen. Like, uh, you know, Haley said, we don't know who really wants these flashlights or who obsessed with them. I am. And, uh, but how you use the light, it's really important. There's a little yellow uh, clip. You take the clip off and then how it works is that you push down on the light. Ooh. And then push down again to turn it off. Ah. Ooh. Ah. Okay. You got it. And, uh, and then you can pull out the pen and put the thing on there and then you can write with it. It's really good. So anyways, enjoy that. It's there. I think that everybody needs a good light flashlight somewhere and all of that, but welcome. Happy Father's Day uh, to you dads out there. My name is Mike. I am a father, a father of three, a grandfather of 10, really 11. One is in heaven. That's a whole other story. But, uh, you know, Father's Day, uh, yes, like Mother's Day, is an emotionally charged day with many feelings. Yes, so appreciative of the quality men in our lives, men of honor, brave men, hardworking men that are both warriors and caregivers, providers, and protectors, and we appreciate that. But we also hold the deep struggles some have faced from men who have been hurt and abused and neglected and abandoned. It's holding that, and yet there are great men out there, men uh, we are proud of and that we celebrate. And then to add to the whole emotional swirl is what goes on inside each of us men. Uh, We rarely feel adequate. We know our mistakes Uh, We struggle with shame and just want to be the men that God wants us to be and and our family needs us to be. And so, yes, it's an emotionally charged day. But God can help us hold it all and not just survive through it, but to thrive in the process. And one of the ways that helps is when we choose joy and laughter and not being disrespectful or or being crude or rude or crass or, or pretending that struggles don't exist, but to focus on the goodness and the greatness of God, reveling in the joy of who he is and the good way of life that he has laid out for us. Proverbs 17, 22, which is kind of the theme verse of our time together this morning, says a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. You know, one of the, the ways to bring joy and laughter is through seeing God's unique creation. Our students are heading up to Hume Lake right there in the, in the uh, valley there, uh, the Kings Canyon area, beautiful, tall, huge uh, uh, redwood trees and huge ponderosa pines. It's, it's amazing. Actually, you've ever smelled a ponderosa pine? Yeah, you should. You should stick your nose right in the bark there and it smells just like vanilla. I'm serious. Every time I go up there, if I'm with students, hey, go smell a tree. And they're looking, yeah, right. You're going to smash my face. And no, it really smells like, when they, when they finally, I back off and say, no, go smell the tree. I go smell it for them. And then they love, oh, I can't believe it. God is like that. He gives, it brings us little joys in life like that. But I also like other things of God's creation, like some of the, the, the interesting uh, animals that God has created that just to me boggle my mind, just cause me to laugh. Like a halibut. How many of you have ever seen a halibut? Yeah, it's, it, I'm not sure what God was thinking, but he goes, I'm going to make a fish. 
but I'm not going to like make it like a normal fish. I'm going to lay it on its flat and kind of swoosh it down with two eyes, not in the middle, but on the side. And it's going to be a bottom dweller. And it's going like that. And it just makes me laugh. Now they can get up to be hundreds of pounds and mm, boy, oh, some good uh, barbecued halibut is something else. <laughs> nice white fish, flaky, mm, really good. Another one, another animal that really cracks me up is the duckbill platypus. I, it's like God said, okay, I'm going to make an otter, but not really an otter. I'm going to put a bill on it and kind of like a duck. And then I'm going to give it a beaver's tail. And then just for fun, I'm going to make his feet on the male venomous. Isn't that weird? I, it just makes me laugh. I think it's hilarious. God just makes these kind of things, strange, fun creatures that bring a smile and maybe a chuckle. And then, then there's all the creativity God has put into us humans. And we make funny creations, those that bring on a laugh or a grin, and, and we're taken into great places of joy and levity. Like, like I found the other day, uh, they're called bacon bandages. Yeah, I, no, it's not real bacon. It, it's like a Band-Aid in the color and look like a piece of bacon. Why? <laughs> And you're just expressing the reason just to get a laugh. I mean, first of all, who would slap a slab of bacon on a cut or something like that? And I'm, I'm, I'm done. I should have opened it to see if it's a, oh, it says free prize inside. I just noticed that. Uh, maybe they, maybe they smell like bacon. I don't know. Uh, another one is, is these uh, um, fun wiggly eyes. You guys like these? I, I think they're fun on anything. We can kind of place them on the, on the thing here and there make him look at us all the time <laughs> just kind of sit there watching you some people put them on their cars you know in the headlights but you can't block your headlights that's not good the other thing i really that makes me laugh you ever seen those those things that are uh, uh, on the car dealerships the kind of the guy that goes like you know like that. well they have a desktop model check this out here we go Come on, come on. Here we go. <laughs> he made it. Give him a hand. Yeah, he needs some rest. I'll let him you know, rest for a bit. Uh, okay. Tell me you're laughing. Uh, another uh, of the joys God brings us, God brings gifts uh, he has given and, and, and all those different things and and, and I think good dad jokes are a lot of fun. Uh, I was talking to a guy the other day and he, his wife said that he should start exercising more and suggested that he do lunges. Lunges work a lot of different muscles in the body. And he was a little apprehensive because it was a step forward. <laughs> step forward, a lunge, yeah. Some of you are a little slow. <sighs> okay, do you know what a tick and the Eiffel Tower have in common? They're both parasites. Parasites, parasite. Yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah, okay. That, you're, you're getting warmed up, I can tell. <laughs> any, any dads here singing in the shower? Come on, if you... Come on, no, admit it. That's a couple of you. Okay, that's, you know, first service, no one raised their hand. I don't know why that, but 
Well, you know, it's all fun until you get soap in your mouth, and it's a soap opera. Okay, let's get some Bible ones in here. Uh, do you know who the smallest person in the Bible is? Some of you say Nehemiah, Nehemiah. No, you're wrong. It's Bildad. Bildad from the Bible book of Job. He was Bildad the shoe height. Shoe height? High as a shoe. Knee is taller than... Yeah, some of you are looking at me like, I don't get it. Whatever. Um, okay, do you know the kind of car, the, the make of the car the disciples had? Jesus' disciples? It was a Honda. Because according to Acts chapter 1, verse 14, they all prayed in one accord. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how they all fit. Hey, do you need, do you need help building an ark? I, I know a guy. Noah. Noah built the ark. Yeah, that she didn't like that one. Okay, well, <clears throat> a young couple um, just got married and uh, they had their first argument. The first argument was who's going to get everything ready in the morning, make the coffee and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and the, the uh, wife, the young wife said, you know, my pastor told us in pre-marriage counseling that we should look to the Bible for answers. So she summoned through the Bible. She came back and announced to her husband, the Bible says that you are to make the coffee to her new husband. And her husband goes, where did you find that? What verse? He says, oh, there's no verse. It's a whole book. Hebrews. <laughs> yeah, you need that in your house? <sighs> See, some of you are laughing. And that's a good thing. God gave us this element of our being where we could find fun and joy in little crazy things and laugh. And when we do all kinds of things and amazing things happen in us physically, uh, the joy and laughter release good chemicals into our body that reduces stress, promotes healing, increases good cholesterol, heightens concentration, increases memory. Some say that laughter makes us look more attractive. Yeah, good luck, Mike. Yeah, I know. But even hearing laughter causes our brain to ramp up its activity as it seeks to figure out what is so funny. Hilarity also brings people together in a shared experience as laughter is a bit contagious. In relationships, merriment and laughing, laughing is a desired quality, especially in a marriage. Couples who laugh together have greater relational satisfaction. Chuckling, giggling, uh, snickering, guffawing, hooting, snorting, crackling, bring much to life. And Psalm, or Proverbs 12, 17, 22 says, as we read it before, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. So this morning, in honor of, of dads, us men, we are looking into the blessing of good dad jokes and really more discovering the blessing of choosing joy and laughter in life. For good, godly laughter lightens life and equips us to face life's uncertainties. And we'll be looking at a number of Bible verses, but before we do, if you wouldn't mind standing to your feet and let's pray. I'm glad that you're here. And hopefully today you'll smile and laugh a little bit. 
at what goes on here, if you haven't already. Father God, thank you. Thank you for just creating us with, as beings that find joy and laugh and can have fun together. And Lord, we know that that helps us in so many ways. Lord, do you even ask of us to step into moments of joy? And so, Lord, may we learn from your word today. And even though we may be carrying some very heavy and difficult things, that even though we don't have to ignore those, we can still carry those and yet have moments of joy and laughter. Bless us in that and teach us from your word, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat and encourage you to take out the worship folder that has been talked about already, that uh, there's a lot of different things in there. So there's an outline with some blanks to fill in. Uh, the answer will be up on the screen. Encourage you to fill out that prayer card and put it in the offering when it's being taken. Uh, there's a, also a study guide out in the lobby area, out these double doors to your right. Uh, and there's a, this study guide that has all the, the answers to the fill in the blanks, but then all the extra verses that I'm using today, because our hope is, is that you would just take this and keep it in your Bible and look up those extra verses. There's some questions in there you can help for a future, future, future study and help you as you move along in your own walk with God. And we also have a podcast that we do probably not this week because all of the people who are doing the podcast are going to be up at Hume Lake. So the next week we'll catch up with that, but I encourage you to slip into that. You know, there is much joy and laughter in the Bible. Like, do you know who the greatest comedian in the Bible is? It's Samson. He brought the house down. If you don't know the story of Samson, go look it up. You'll figure out why that's so funny. Some of you are just now getting it. Samson, isn't it the guy who pushed out the pillars? And Yeah, the house came down. Three blessings um, for choosing joy and laughter. The first is joy and laughter brings relief. As we've just seen from Proverbs 17, 22, a joyful heart is good medicine. Joy and laughter are good for it, is, it helps us see that life is not all difficulties and struggles. Uh, we can hold both, in this, and it takes times for, and, it, and we are to take times for both. In the Bible book of Ecclesiastes, why don't you open to that? The Bible book of Ecclesiastes is found in what's called the wisdom section of the scripture, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. And in that, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter three kind of, helps us understand that there are times for different things in our life. Life wasn't meant to be all one joy-filled, happy life with butterflies and sunshine all the time. It's also filled with all kinds of other moments in life. And so Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. And he begins to list a number of them. Jumping down to verse 4, there is a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. It is good to make merry and to take times to laugh. My grandfather, who I just adore, um, uh, he's gone in, home to heaven a long time ago, but he just, he was so whimsical and so laughter. He would have these funny uh, bushy eyebrows, which I have eyebrows like him. And he would get to the point where he'd curl them up and it was so funny just the way he looked. And he did that with his mustache as well. And then he had a fun goatee and, it, and he would do crazy things like he could whistle with the in, inside of his throat. And that was kind of fun. And he would always do funny little things. He, he was the worst to, for, for a kid to sit next to at a restaurant because he showed me all the things like how to bang a spoon and make it flip into the glass. He showed me that. He showed me how to make a little uh, animal with my hands and do funny things with that. And um, he just always was bringing in joy. And one of the things I loved about him is that even when things got tense, because of my family background, um, my dad was serious a lot of the time. I and mean, he was a great guy in a lot of ways, but 
uh, alcohol and different things took him uh, down many difficult straits, and there was tension. And I could always count on my grandfather to bring levity into the situation. And he's the only one that I ever knew that could actually curb my dad's anger. And, uh, and it was wonderful to watch. I could always count on him to bring a smile in the in course of a situation, even when it got tense. And of course, there are times to be serious and calm, but also times to laugh and dance in joy. Life is not meant to be always serious. Solomon, who was the wisest man besides Jesus that ever walked the earth, said this in Ecclesiastes 8:15. And I commend joy, he says, for a man has nothing better under the sun but to eat, drink, and be joyful. For this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. In other words, that we're going to have times where it's difficult and, and that, and we should share times of joy and laughter because that will bring us through those times of difficulty. You know, and, but, it, but in much of the Bible, the phrase eat, drink, and be joyful was not positive. One commentator put it this way. Isaiah pictures eat, drink, and be joyful as a sign of rebellion against the commands of God in Isaiah chapter 22, verse 13. And irresponsible of leaders in Isaiah chapter 56, verse 12. Jesus used that phrase when he was describing a man who was so caught up with himself, trying to be self-satisfying with himself in Luke chapter 12, verse 19. Paul describes uh, someone who has no hope in the resurrection and resigns himself to wasting his life away in 1 Corinthians 15, 22. All negative. And yet here, in, in the Bible book of Ecclesiastes, it's, Ecclesiastes, it's a positive. It's a positive because there are a lot of mysteries in life. Like in verse 14 of Ecclesiastes chapter 8, the one before the 15 that talks about this will take us through life. It says this, there is vanity that takes place on the earth. Ecclesiastes 8, 14 that there are righteous people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the wicked. And there are wicked people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the righteous. And I say that this is also vanity. In other words, bad things happen to good people and good things even happen to people who are not doing right. And, and so, so, so that, and it's a waste of time to go down the street to figure that all out. But what we can do like verse 15 says of Ecclesiastes 8, is to revel in the little joys of life and to laugh more. And in that, there is relief, even stress reduced, reduction. Uh, that's one of the reasons why Christy and I uh, love to go to Disneyland. We can't help but smile while we're there. I, you know, and, 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 and see different people and, and, and laugh and experience the fun of a ride and all the creativity of it. One of the fun things we love to do is, is watch people and, uh, and, you know, like the dad is dragging the kid along. Come on, you're going to have fun at this thing. I spend all this money. You're going to have fun, you know. And it's like, I, I love listening to the different phrases that go by. It costs how much? You know, quit crying. There's no crying in Disneyland. Um, but I love the, the place in, in that regard. It's just a place of the attention to detail. The creativity just makes me smile. It, it's, it's why I like to do work out in my yard, and see what God has done in the fun creation that he's done. Like I just picked these apples last night for my apple tree. Uh, isn't that amazing? I just planted this apple tree in the backyard and lo and behold, boosh, out pops apples. All I did was give it a little water and, uh, and just, you know, trim it every now and then. And boom, look at that. Isn't that cool? That's amazing. Now what's really amazing is, is, is I have some to show you. 
because I, I think the purpose of my apple tree is to feed all the varmints in my neighborhood. And, and, you know, whether it's the squirrels, the rats, the um, possums, the raccoons, uh, or the birds, they all just love my apples. And, and they don't just eat one whole, you know, they eat one, take a bite of this one, take a bite of that one. And they just, so I, I put them up on the fence saying, here, like, here's your smorgasbord for you. And they all throw it off the fence. It goes, these are half eaten. <laughs> yeah, I don't... But it's amazing to me. And I just sit there and I laugh at the different fruits that I have in my backyard and from the grapes to the um, limes to the oranges. Uh, just it, to me, it's just, a, it's so fun. And it just brings on joy and laughter when I look at all that God has done. And in that, there's just uh, a great sense of relief. Proverbs 15, 13 says, a glad heart makes a cheerful face, but, a, but, a, but by sorrow of heart, the spirit is crushed. <clears throat> See, when we go through all kinds of difficulties in life, whether it's we're experiencing them or, or we're going through them in the world, it almost like creates a, a dark cloud around us. And sooner or later, that there's nothing to clear the clouds, we tend to go through life that way. And we, we're thinking uh, things glum and, and, and we, 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 this dark cloud is there. And what laughter and times of joy do is they, they, they break open the clouds and the sun comes in and we can laugh and have joy. And now, yes, we're to, uh, we are to be cheerful. When we're cheerful, we're not to hurt with our humor. Ephesians 5, 4 says, let there be no filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking, which is out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. So we should be careful with our humor that it's not crude or lewd or rude. There's so much in our world that is funny and fun, and we don't need to be crass or brash. Psalm 32, 11 says, be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, shout for joy, you all, all you upright in heart. This whole Psalm is, is talks of the blessing of forgiveness and joy of a right and close relationship with the Lord. See, in that state of life, there can be much laughter and joy and bring relief to our life, breaking open those clouds and letting the sun in. Philippians 4, 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So what could you do to, to bring in the relief of God's good joy and laughter? Maybe enjoy his creation. Go out and take a walk in one of the parks that we have available to us or go out up, up to some nature and be able to enjoy all the creativity of God and what he's created and how it all works. Like to me, when I go up to the, I'm leaving right after the service to go to Hume to take all those care packages up there, but also to be with our kids for a few days. And, and still it amazes me when you see those giant redwood trees, and, and how water gets pumped up from the bottom all the way to the top. It's incredible amount of water pressure that's there. And God just did that. And he creates, it just blows my mind to look at his creation in that way and how amazing and incredible it is. But not only that, you know, look up some good, clean dad jokes, uh, play some fun games, find something fun to cook, smoke some meat, uh, do a puzzle, build something. Christy and I had our uh, grandkids over. We had a couple batches over this week of grandkids. And, and one of the things, one of them, we just said, Hey, let's play a game. So uh, Christy found a, a game of fish and we just played fish together. And what made it fun is the way we laughed at each other. And you know, who's got this guard? Oh, oh I got, I got a pair. And we were laughing and stuff like that. It was just a tremendous amount of fun and just all the tension of a day and all the frustration just seemed to fall away. 
And here we are laughing and having a good time. For good godly laughter lightens life and equips us to face life's uncertainties. Okay, do you know the most business savvy woman in the Bible is? Some of you say probably the Proverbs 31 woman. No, it's Pharaoh's daughter. She went down to the bank of the Nile and pulled out a little prophet. Pulled out Moses. Moses is a prophet of God. Went down to the Nile, the bank, river bank. Yeah, okay, well, you'll get it later on. Another blessing of choosing joy and laughter is joy and laughter bring hope. In the Bible book of Romans, chapter 15, verse 13, it says this. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you might abound in hope. The apostle Paul was writing the Roman church, the church in Rome. And that church in Rome was completely divided. And and there was disunity all over the place, racially and practice of faith, all kinds of things. And and Paul seeking to bring unity uh, encourages them to quit focusing on how different they are but how amazing Jesus is. And if you ever read the Bible book of Romans, it talks about how incredible Christ is. That he loves us and he deals with our sin. He brings us into his family. <clears throat> Excuse me. He calls us into genuine love and harmony. All that should fill us with, deep, with a deep sense of joy and glee and even laughter of such unexpected goodness from God. In this, the Holy Spirit can bring us hope. Psalm 126 verses two and three says, then our mouth was filled with joy and laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are then glad. When it starts out the verse, then our mouth was filled. The then was when the Lord showed his mercy to God's people. Mercy is holding back what you do deserve. In other words, this, these people, God's people deserve the wrath of God because they had disobeyed him and they deserve that, but God held it back. He showed his mercy. We talked a lot about God's mercy a while back in the Bible. When we, we studied the Bible book of Lamentations, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to there. It's, it's if you in Ecclesiastes, in Ecclesiastes, just keep going West and you will find Lamentations Lamentations chapter three, verse 22, which is actually the center of the book. And it's actually the center theme of all of Lamentations. This book, it says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Now, if you've been with this any, any while, you know that we talk about the Bible, the Hebrew word chesed, which is, is, is the loyal love of God. It's his loving kindness. It, it's, it's, a, it's a love that's unconditional. You can't do anything to earn more of it and you can't do anything to earn less of it. It's constantly flowing. It's like the air we breathe. It's there. And how we benefit from it is to accept that love because it never ceases. It never stops. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Oh, I've done so bad. God can't forgive me. He can't forgive me. No, his mercy never ends. There's not a time in your life and that you can't do something so bad that God says, okay, that's it. Enough. He loves you all the same. And his mercy continues on and on and on and on. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great God is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope 
in him. That should bring on an incredible smile to us. You see, too much we pass by the opportunity to let the joy out of all that God has done for us. We need to let our heart be glad and laugh, to laugh at the loving provision and kindness and mercy and grace and love that God has given us to to revel in all that Jesus has done and all that Jesus will do. And we are, yes, you can clap at that because it's amazing. God loves us and and he can fill us with joy. We have a wonderful savior that loves and helps and guides and connects and heals and forgives and cares and calls us to a way better life. What a joy. And in Jesus, there is hope. And if you're not sure if you know Jesus in a personal way or accepted that chesed, that loving kindness of God, search search him out. He will show himself to you. And if you already know him, boy, go deeper. Go deeper into understanding how incredible and amazing and awesome and wonderful that love is. And again, look at God's creation and power. I mean, just think of a thunderstorm or an earthquake or the pounding of waves. God can handle anything. And plus, look at the creativity and attention to detail of God's creation. How many of you have looked at the crazy looking uh, orchids that are out there? I mean, look at them. They they look, look just like little monkey faces. And they're all different. And there's, there's, there's thousands of them. And some of you look like a you know, little dancer and, and, and others look like, look like people. It's incredible. I mean, you can spend almost a whole day looking at all the different kinds of orchids. God did that. Not just to do it. He did it because he thought it was fun and he wanted us to laugh. He laughed. I'm sure that's why he made me. <laughs> look at Mike. Uh, but God created and just made it fun. And us, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I know that's, that's, that's um, we don't always feel that way. But how God sees us is more important. We are made in his image. He looked at each one of us, went back and, mmm, mmm, I made something good right there. You. And he looked at you and said, oh, man, this is one of my finest creations. Look at the person next to you and say, you're amazing. You are amazing. The joy and laughter of that reality, God's creativeness, his power does bring hope. For good godly laughter lightens life and equips us to face life's uncertainties. So let it out. Feel the hope. One last blessing of choosing joy and laughter. It is the joy and laughter draws us closer to God. If you can't, if you you have your Bible with this, turn to the Bible book of Habakkuk. That's really a Bible book. Just don't worry, it's there. Habakkuk is, you know, keep going east. It's the last few Bible uh, books of the uh, Old Testament. And the reason I chose Habakkuk, because it just looks funny. Habakkuk. That's how I thought it was pronounced before, Habakkuk. But Habakkuk 3.18, Habakkuk says this, yes, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Now, what's interesting about the Bible book of Habakkuk is that it's an interaction with God. The book starts out with some complaining and then God answers. But he doesn't answer the way you'd hope. 
He actually adds more trouble to their life. And yet Habakkuk gets to a place where he responds, trusting God, even if there's more struggle. So if you're in Habakkuk, turn to verse chapter three, uh, verse 17. Habakkuk writes this. So the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines. The produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls yet. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like deer's feet. He makes, my, makes me tread on high places. Even though the, the circumstances are rocky and the ground is uncertain, God stays our feet and allows us to, to stable we may rock a bit, but he allows us to keep that stability. Like a, you ever seen those uh, mountain deers that just bounce from one ledge to the other? It's incredible. And we can be like that. See, Habakkuk didn't chose to put his faith and trust in God, uh, drawing closer to God and not putting his faith in his circumstances. He drew near to God and he celebrated. He laughed, had joy in it all. And all that God did do. And we can do that same thing. We can choose to not let the circumstances cave in around us, but yet to open up the clouds around us and see that God is still there and that we can put our trust in him. Let him be your strength, not the circumstances. And we can look upon that and let it draw us closer to God. What is God doing around your life? I bet there are many in major miracles going on all the time. And the more we step out in faith, the more we see it and the more we experience it. Even in practical ways, every breath we take is a miracle. All the things around us are blessings, a good church, things and times of joy. And in that they let us know God is with us. <clears throat> I have a story. I, I just got to tell it. It's, it's comical because it makes me laugh. Um, and it has to do with a toilet. Um, we have uh, two toilets in our house and we were having some people come stay with us. You, you know them. It was uh, Jacob Messersmith, our intern, came back to stay with us and he you know, brought his wife, obviously, and they went and new wife and they went in to Disneyland because it was Anna's birthday and they stayed with us. And um, we, we have one toilet that always has problems, always. And... Uh, um, I, you know, I plunge it out. I get to snake and snake it out. And uh, sometimes it works okay. And other times it doesn't. And I'm just frustrated because it's hours before they come. And having one toilet in the house, it's workable, but it's better if we had both. And so I'm just in there going, God, please, if there's any way you can unclog this thing so I don't have to call a plumber, that would be amazing. And I started, you know, really getting into the snake and all of a sudden, push something moved and went, it flushed. Thank you, Jesus. And I was praising God, but I was laughing. And I was just saying, God, you are just so hilarious. I can pray about a toilet being clogged. And this, the, the, the joy of that just you know, drew me closer to God. And what makes it more hilarious, they stay with us for a few days. The hour they left, I went to you know, use the toilet and uh, um, went to flush that baby, clogged. And I just started laughing. You know, because I didn't pray that God would fix it the long term. 
I just wanted the weekend to work. And he just kind of said, yeah, I answered your prayer. You can't get mad. So I went at it again and I prayed, Lord. And it, it, it seems to be working fine. Okay, now I still think I need to call a plumber sometime, but, <clears throat> but it made me laugh. And it drew me closer to God. See, good, godly laughter lead, lightens life and equips us to face life's uncertainties. So revel in the, in the good, the fun, the joyful, the laugh-bringing moments and times of life and then let, that draw, let, let them draw you closer to God. It is fun to express <clears throat> joy and laughter. And dads, thanks for bringing in those dad jokes and, keeping them, and keep them coming. They bless us for joy and laughter bring relief, joy and laughter bring hope, joy and laughter draw us closer to God. And it's true. Good godly laughter lightens life and equips us to face life's uncertainties. So I got a few more for you. Why is Abraham considered the smartest person in the Bible? Because he knew a lot. Lot is a person in the Bible. Abraham knew. Yeah, okay, well, whatever. One more. What kind of man was Boaz before he met Ruth? He was ruthless. <laughs> Would you pray with me? <laughs> Father God, thank you for the, just the fun of good jokes and the fun that, of your creation. Lord, thank you for being a God that affirms and encourages all throughout your word. You can encourage laughter and joy and having moments where we just revel in laughing at the things that you have done and created and made and just how wonderful and amazing you are. Lord, may we experience that. And yeah, Lord, we need to deal with the difficult stuff of life. There's a lot of it out there. A lot of struggles and there is a time for sorrow and there is a time for mourning. But yet, Lord, there's also a time for laughter and dancing. And so, Lord, we, we carry those together and We ask you to help us in the process, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen.